I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, money wise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcast. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. We got at Nate Geary Sports. And uh, Nate says, Merry Christmas to everyone except for Tom Brady, who is probably watching his own documentary with his family this morning. Sports Talk Saturday. We were watching the highlights of last year's Super Bowl, which we won, but we weren't watching the <laughs> <a> documentary. <laughs> Does Nate actually play sports? Emotional damage. On WGR. You good? Not little yes. Okay. He died of emotional damage. Sports Radio 550. Hour 3 Sports Talk Saturday. Derek Kramer in for Nate Geary. Zach Jones tagging along as we do. And if you've missed it, Hour 1, we had Greg Topset of Cover 1. We talked about the Bills, everything that they did post-draft, what they do from here. And then, of course, we were joined by Brian Duff in that same hour at 11.30. All these segments, by the way, they can be found on our website at WGR550.com, an on-demand audio. And also, finally then, of course, uh, last hour at 12 o'clock, we had Anthony Scandra of Expected Buffalo. We talked more about the Sabres, what they do from there, and some of the targets that they need to accomplish in what is going to be one of their most critical off-seasons, an off-season that actually is filled with hope and optimism. And now, it's free reign. I think I do want to talk a little bit more about hockey in a little bit, because of the fact that I'm looking at the free agent list and I'm just like, I there's oodles, noodles, and toaster strudels of cap space that the Sabres have, and that's a weapon. You can use that to snag a quality player in free agency. And I really, really wish offer sheets were still a thing that people did routinely on the regular. But that's what it is. But first, we'll kick it back over to the phones. Brad and Lackawanna, you've been waiting patiently. I appreciate it. Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Hey, what's up, guys? How you doing today, man? Uh, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm hanging in there. Uh, I didn't get a chance to call in yesterday. Um, Jeremy and uh, Nate were talking about like uh, some ideas that people might have for like things for like the new Bills Stadium, you know? Okay. And and I've had this idea. It's been going through my head for a while. Like, you know how like if you're in the 200s or 300s, you go up the stairs and then you're like in a corridor and then they got like all like the food venues and all that. Right. My thought was, what if they actually had like a platform that went around the stadium between the two and 300 levels, but instead of it going instead of going into a hallway, it was an open platform facing the stadium, so like people could congregate up there. You could get a slice of pizza and still be watching the game and catch other games and then like in the winter maybe they have like uh like some like electric style fire pits along the whole corridor so friends and family that might not be sitting together could spend like 10 15 minutes together eat something and still watch the game from that particular area you know what i'm saying yeah that that, that sounds kind of cool and considering the amount of uh tax dollars that we're going to be putting through for this uh cool ideas are always a good thing 
<laughs> I would not hate that. I, I actually, would not hate I that really at all. Like that idea. No, like and you know what? It, like if there's a uh, if there's arch if there's architects architects listening to the show that are working on the stadium, uh, take that one into account. Because um, hey, you know what? That 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 sounds like a cool little thing. Uh, every anything that's cool, I'm okay with, and especially with uh, being on the uh, hook for that bill. Uh, give us something cool for the stadium. That that's not a hard ask. I don't think make something uh, revolutionary of the stadium, and and I think the fans will be cool with it. They'll be happy with it. So, thank you, Brad. I appreciate the call. Other than that, I don't have much to say on the stadium because I, I think it's more or less just what else can you do? Um, other like unless there's a render out there, there's not much we can talk about with it yet. Uh, so we need to see what kind of designs they even have in the first place in order for me to uh, to comfortably be able to continue on that conversation. But, yo, cool ideas like what Howard and Jer- like, like with, uh, what Jeremy and Nate were going with there. Hey, pitch them. Why? Because it's cool. It's, it's fun to think about cool things. Like the Sabres being good. That's a cool thing. Like, the NHL playoffs, and even this season as a whole, like, the amount of goal scoring that's been going on, the bump from it, it's been awesome to watch. The Sabres were legitimately a threat to the over every game they played, for better or for worse for the team results, but they were a threat to the over. I mean, it, it, it makes it a more it makes it entertaining a more fun, product. More fun product there, too. Like, anything that's cool, anything that's fun, because if it's not fun, why do you do it? That's my motto in life. If it's not fun, don't do it. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a pretty solid model to go with with yeah. almost everything. That's pretty good. Yeah, I mean, that's how it's. That's how it should be. And, and you know what? <laughs> Next thing you know, I get too heavy into it, talking about like real life problems and everything. But you know what? If it's fun, do it. Simple as that. Speaking of goal scoring, though, like I really do kind of want to complain about the Calgary, Dallas Calgary series. Dallas series. It's so ugly. And that's you. You kind of saw that coming. You did. I and I get that because like, Calgary is a defensively tight mm-hmm. team. If not for Shesterkin, they would have taken the Jennings Trophy for yeah. least goals allowed. And and Dallas is scraping by because they mean, made that like, at least Calgary had like, they made Johnny that bubble cup, with like a hundred yeah. points, and you're thinking, okay, you can score. They made that bubble cup run and yeah. uh, tried everything they can desperately to keep everyone together. So. Calgary, I mean, Dallas is not surprising to me in the slightest. I know, but like I'm watching like Edmonton score goals for fun. Minnesota's doing the same thing. Like Minnesota scored about or scored about like two seconds into their game last night. Minnesota's an absolute wagon that I want to see succeed. I, I really enjoy watching them. But then I like I turn on Calgary or Dallas or I try to watch the highlights and it's thirty seconds. Yeah. And I'm like, what Ugh. That's what happened. There had when, to be the one series that you're just like, there's nothing here. Don't watch it. If you like defense, you're boring. Stop. Get away. And you know what? It's so boring. I'm going I'm to put my petty pants on real quick. The Vegas Golden Knights couldn't even get that playoff spot. No. <laughs> but, like, it's going back to, like, the days of, like, the New Jersey Devils when they won cups. But, like, it really is, like, going back to New Jersey in the days where they won the cups and Nick, nobody liked them. Even New Jersey's like, can we score more? Think about it. You have Dallas has what? Jason Robertson, Miro cool Heiskanen, and John Klingberg. Nope, they have cool uniforms. That's it. After that, it's just we're gonna like grind it to a, a like a halt. 
and we're going to hope to win the game one nothing. It's so gross. Like Jason Robertson's an RFA this season, and, I, and this is where I wish offer sheets were a thing because you need to free that man. Yeah, he is amazing. I mean, like that can't even be a fun way to play. No, it's, it's like you win and you're like, well, I didn't have fun doing it, and it's ha- and it's half the fun. If if it's exciting, <laughs> like in all seriousness, an athlete, if it's exciting and you're, it's just it's nuts. It's crazy. Things are happening. They're flying around you. You're like, oh my god, we, oh, won, but we don't play the game. That we won eight to seven. Oh. <laughs> You don't get the same like, thrill when it's one nothing. You're like, I mean, there's a we different scored kind thirty of, seconds in because there of, like, is a, a different thrill. kind of thrill because it's like stress. Yeah, <laughs> it's stress. It is stress when you're sitting there because you, you you scored one goal off a bad turnover and you're like, I hope we can hold this down you know, for sixty minutes. And this is the part of it that I really, really am having a lot of fun with the Sabers' growth and development this year. Is man, I don't care how it happens. I don't care if we get the. Uh, the one eight, quote unquote, so to say, the top seed versus wild card two matchup. I don't care if we get the president's trophy winner or the Eastern Conference champion. I just want to feel that stress again. I see. All right. <laughs> so I, w- when the playoffs started, I turned on obviously Carolina Boston. It, it was the first game on, and I'm sitting there with my dad, and we're both like just sitting there. And, and this is probably the first time in a few years like we've legitimately sat down and watched playoff hockey. Because to be fair, the Saber season ended, and you're like, oh, I want more of that. Yeah, like that was exciting. That was fun. First time in a while that yeah. you're like, I want more hockey. Yeah. Instead of what Ralph Kruger tormented. Yeah. So I'm going to I'm, I'm turn on the playoff teams. Like, let's see how how much further the Sabers have to go. Uh, that was horrifying. <laughs> Like, I'm turning on, like, Carolina Boston. What was that sound you just made? Stress of a team that didn't even make the playoffs. I'm sitting here, and I'm like, all right, um, we would get destroyed. Oh. Like, I'll, like this is not – like, I left the season really, really excited. And the moment I turn on playoff hockey, and I'm like, I think they'd die. I mean, a younger team would have some problems, but they'd also have some pretty fresh legs. There are advantages and disadvantages to the roster makeup, obviously, but – the the thing is, like, they have the money to throw around this offseason. They do. And that's going to be brilliant. And Jay and Chiktawaga wants to talk about one of the moves that they do have to make in this offseason. Jay, thanks for holding. You're on Sports Talk Saturday. How's it going? Hey, it's going well. How's it going here? Uh, so this is Jay from Puck Luck. And, oh, what's uh, up, dude? <laughs> <laughs> I had to call in. I had to call in because uh, I had that uh, tweet about Victor Olsen. I wanted to talk about... Uh, how he's actually turned into more of a playmaker this year. Um, but before I get into that, I don't want you guys to worry about uh, Calgary and Dallas. Uh, tonight we're projecting the over, so um, <laughs> we're we're looking closer to six goals in the game, so maybe that series might rebound. Um, Hopefully. But, but with uh, with Victor Olison, it, it's funny how he's kind of transformed himself at 5-on-5 five five into more of a playmaker, um, probably due to the nature of his, his injury when he really was struggling shooting. Um, but... He's actually in the 90th percentile uh, at even strength this year in the entire NHL at uh, primary assists per uh, 60 minutes. So it's 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 interesting to see that he's that high given the type of teammates he's had this year or line mates he's had. Um, his most common line mate is actually Rasmus Asplund, and uh, Asplund had a total of eight goals. So for him to be in the 90th percentile still with uh, despite that is is pretty amazing. And, and Jay, part of that also, thanks for the call, and uh, it's good to hear from you, man. But uh, part of it also was, like, for a little while, he was running with Thompson and Skinner, too. And he was able to find those guys and create chances for them as well. So, 
Victor Olsen, he is this very versatile piece that you can kind of put anywhere in the top nine if he's got the right line mates that he'd be able to create something for you offensively. Uh, when he was with Skinner and Thompson, it was a defensive nightmare. But obviously, when you find him the right pieces to work with, he's a very good piece for you, a middle six forward that can play top line minutes if he's pressed into that duty if the team needs it. So... I like Anthony had said last hour. If there's a if there's a three year deal out here for him, then absolutely you probably take it, and then he gets a chance uh, heading into his age thirty season to really try to cash in one big time on a on a free agent deal because teams do pay for that elite elite shot that he has. I'm on team. Bring him back. Don't trade him. You don't trade goals and. Jack Quinn may be able to replace what he can do on, for example, especially the power play. But the thing is, he's still here right now. And you don't get rid of what is a good thing on this team. You have all the cap space in the world to weaponize. You can sign Olsen to a three-year deal, not have too many concerns about cap ramifications in the future yet because of the fact that they have so much money available to them. And Zach, now I want to play a game with you about what we can do about um, free agents and trying to speak it into existence. I succeeded a couple of years ago on it. Unfortunately, it didn't work out very well. I was all in on Marcus Johansson when he was on this run in the playoffs with Boston. I'm just like, yo, get Marcus Johansson. Nice job. I was like, yo, let's get Marcus Johansson in this uh, in this team because that's a that's a versatile piece. And then um, they, for some reason, tried to move him to center, and it didn't work. Thanks again, Ralph. So, are you going to try to sell me on some of these players you're going to name off? I'm. The thing is, is that it's not going to be hard to because I can realistically talk about a bunch of them because they have the money. That's the most exciting. That's part. the coolest thing, isn't like, it? Like, what's not even that? Like, it's different from other sports where it's like, all right, you have like a limited amount of money. You know, spend wisely. Like with the Sabers, they're like, you have to spend money. Yeah, you they have, have to, get to, to the, do. They it. have to get to the cap floor. It's just like, honestly, with some of the players here, you could throw down on some of them and not incur a lot of risk either. So the first one I really want to talk about is uh, the biggest name, and that for me is Philip Forsberg. I would love having Philip Forsberg on this hockey team. The thing is, is that, yes, that pushes our, our sweet boy Jeffrey down a, down a line. And you don't know what to expect from that. But Philip Forsberg is that perennial winger who's able to get anything and everything done for you. He can score. He can be the playmaker. He is a perfect all-around player. He's going to get a raise from that $6 million per season because he's having a great year, 84 points in 69 games, nice, uh, from this season. And in the playoffs, they're going to need him if they're going to get any form of wins against Colorado. So he's not going to play a lot in this postseason, but I, I would love to see them go after Philip Forsberg. How old is he? He's going to be—he's 27, entering free agency. And now here comes the second name. This one is not nearly as expensive, I don't think. Or you're hoping you're not in a bidding war. Andrew Kopp got traded from the Jets to the Rangers as a deadline acquisition. He can play all positions as a forward. He can play center. He can play wings. You're probably not spending as much on Andrew Kopp as you are, Philip Forsberg, and you're getting a solid top six piece. I mean, I think that's kind of what they do need is is to really sure up those like top two lines to really 
reach the next level. It's not necessarily build at the bottom. It really is, no, get elite players for the top two lines to really push the team forward. To almost, in all seriousness, to match what the blue line is going to be giving you for the next you know five to ten years. And now it's time to get a little silly. I'm all for it. I want this team to throw an offer sheet somewhere. Throw down. Do it. Are we talking about one of the Calgary guys? Manjapain? Sure. That would be one of the coolest things you could do. Uh, him or Patrick Laine. Those two are goal scorers. I think that's the thing. With, with, with Laine, though, I, we were Those talking a little bit about it. wingers. Yeah, we were talking a little bit about it in the break, too. I think it's the thing. If you can get the Laine from like his rookie year or his first few years, that's where you get excited. Because you can have a 45, 50-plus goal scorer. He's still a game this year. Yeah. It's just Winnipeg wasn't. Or, uh, Columbus. Columbus was not very good. Yeah. It just, but like, Line A is back to a point of game. And he is doing it with a lot less dynamic talent around him in Columbus. Well, I mean, yeah, Columbus doesn't even have Artemi Panarin anymore. He's over in yeah, New York. Exactly. I mean, they, so, they kind of have lost all of their dynamic offensive skill players. Yeah. And if Line A comes over here, for example, who knows what kind of havoc can be wrought on opposing nets? He is a defensive liability, absolutely. But as we've seen, if you have a do-all, like say you do want to try to do something and get a little even younger somehow, but Line is only two years younger than Victor Olofsson is, but I still think there's a lot of options that can be had here in the RFA market. It is ridiculous, the players that are RFAs this year. It's driving me bonkers. Because there's guys like Manjapain, Line, Jasper Brett, Jason Robertson... Of course, Matthew Kachuk's going to resign in Calgary. I mean, are we sure There's, on that? Like, are we sh- like? Let's say like they lose to Dallas in round one. Are we sure they they are not the team that? Because we all think Toronto, if they lost to Tampa, would blow it up. Well, as an RFA, you're not losing him for nothing. No, you're not losing him for nothing. But are we sure? You know, Buffalo doesn't decide. We have got three first round picks. We're probably not going to use all three. That's a lot to throw down. No, I'm, I'm not even saying you throw down two of them. I'm saying like one of them, something like that. I mean, yeah, he comes. He comes right in as probably one of your best offensive players you've had in a number of years. Yeah, that is true. But but is that more of a? Ooh, all right, we're, we're starting to run before we can walk. Yes, that that's kind of what that move feels like. Is oop, guys, you're going to stumble a little bit here. Yes, I, I do think though that there is a there's a decent amount of capability that you have, and it's fun to talk about the free agents that you could get at forward. That would be really fun to get, and. Of course, they still need a right D. They still need goaltending help. There's, but they still have so much cap that you can actually talk legitimately about these players and be like, "Hey, if they throw six million, if they throw a six-year deal at Philip Forsberg and throw bunches of money at him, they're still not in trouble." Yeah, I mean, I, I guess my thing is, I'm trying to figure out like, like, where will they go with goaltender? Like, I know a lot of us are a little nervous about you know Craig Anderson, UPL. Uh, maybe even Malcolm Subban, like being kind of the goaltenders here, not really a ton of movement there. But like, who can they realistically go out for in free agency or even a trade? Like, is there really anyone out there that really gets I, I essentially the needle moving? Is there really anyone out there right now, or is it okay? We're gonna have to wait for Patillo and Levi to really so get up here. Here are the players that are coming due for contracts, and some and like most of these are going to be grown worthy. Mark Andre Fleury, he's thirty-seven. Uh, Darcy Kempfer. Miko Koskinen, Ugh, that's not a good one. Uh, Thomas Grice, Eunice Corposalo, 
Braden Holtby. The RFA market's a little bit more interesting. Oh, right, Jack Campbell. I forgot about that. Whoops. For some reason, Cap Friendly likes to sort by uh, Cap Hit first. Instead of, you know, good things. <laughs> Age, statistics. Something of the sort. Uh, yeah, no. Oh, wow. Billy Huso is actually a UFA. I did see your eyes widen, so... Like, it went from, like, I'm not really sure how this is going to go to, guys, we have options. We have options. We have some options. Like, Brayden Holtby would be a fine stopgap for you to get any of those guys ready. Like, if UPL takes a bigger role, if he's able to stay healthier, uh, if Portillo or Levi are able to come up or at least get some more development within, like, signing within the AHL clubs, that would be a good stopgap for you is Brayden Holtby. Jack Campbell's going to get a nice raise. And Toronto can't afford that. No. No, they cannot. Like, that's going to be tough for them to try to keep him around because he's definitely been a very steady goaltender for them throughout his tenure. But I mean, even, even then, are they just going to want to do better anyways? Maybe, but I, oh, considering what Peter Mrazek was for them, like I don't know about that. They're going to do everything they can to get out of that contract. It'll be fun to see. And then, of course, the RFA market has some really interesting pieces to it uh, with the likes of Kapokokkanen, who for some reason got traded. I'll never understand why Kapokokkanen got dealt. Um, Vitek Vanacek and Ilya Samsonov. All of those guys are in the mix, too. All right. So, it's been fun talking about this. I know, like, in the middle of this, you went from, like, uh, there's not really much to, oh, okay, my here we eyes, go. My eyes widened. I did not notice that Billy Huso is, uh, is a UFA. And they have Jordan Bennington signed to, uh, to Buku Bucks. Oh, no. But if he keeps taking blowout losses like this, uh, they're going to probably just move on. Not only because of cap ramifications, but, like, hey, you know what? Okay. It's one of those where, like, you know, the last thing you saw. Yes. And if it's a blowout loss, it's... It, it's recency bias yeah, is a thing. It's tough. Oh, absolutely. recency bias is a thing everywhere. Yeah. Especially in sports. All right. 803-0551-888-552-550. We got more Sports Talk Saturday rolling with you here. Brian Koziel at Batavia Downs starting at 2. We're local for a long part of this day here on WGR. Obviously, a guy like Devin Levi. What he did in college hockey this year is pretty special. You know, just even in terms of my conversations with him, talking about where's he at in his career, next steps. You know, the answer, of, you know, I'll share with you, one of the reasons we talked about him him wanting to go back to school was because he said, you know, I want to feel the pressure of being the top goalie in the country and having expectations on me and work through that. Like, that's a pretty mature answer for, a, you know, a young player to have. So I think it just says a lot about who he is. What? That was Kevin Adams talking about Devin Levi and a pretty cool quote right there about Levi saying that he wants the pressure of being one of the top goaltenders in the country and he wants that target on his back. That is, that's amazing to hear that sort of maturity. That's amazing to hear that like these players, they want this and man, it really is fun talking about the Sabres in a much different light. It's so refreshing over after what has happened over the last two years uh, in particular. Looking at you, Ralph. I will never not dog on Ralph Kruger. 
Never. It's interesting too. I mean, like he came uh, uh, he came over from Southampton FC soccer right. club over in England, and uh, they have not been great. So, and they used to be one of like the great youth teams over in England. So, <sighs> no, I'm not. I'm not. You know, pointing fingers at anybody. But yeah, you know, Ralph. Ralph. It is what it is. Ralph. Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, we're hanging out with you here. Sports Talk Saturday rolls on for another 20 or so minutes until Brian Koziel takes over from Batavia Downs, and then we get some pre-race coverage of the Kentucky Derby. And also, we already have ourselves a uh, one of the games that started uh, for the Stanley Cup playoffs today, Panthers-Capitals, and Florida's already up one nothing. What a shock. I just need him to win by two goals. Ah, yes. Like, I mean, they can win 2 nothing. I'm happy. You, 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 bet the puck, you bet the puck line, didn't you? Yeah. Yes, All right, then. I feel good about it. Yeah. I feel really good about it. No, yeah, because, like, Florida, it, when Brian Duff and I were talking about some of these like some of these teams, and we, I brought up um, Florida or Toronto, the same quality that they have is they can score themselves out of almost every problem they have or that they come up with. Florida, Both teams Florida do Florida is such a fun team to watch. Florida is so weird. Florida had a regular season that was just beyond comprehension when it came to goal scoring prowess. Like and I mean, was, like that's what it is. Like they're a ton of fun to watch. And they had the most goals since the ninety five ninety six Pittsburgh Penguins, which had Yager and Lemieux. It's such. A they nasty are a lineup. wagon. That is such a good lineup. It is, and Flor- Florida though they're just deep. They are deep. They and they added Claude Giroux at the yeah. trade deadline, and we get to see Sam Reinhardt having some fun in the playoffs. Uh, who would have thought, though? Like with everything, given like where they went destinations wise, we would have seen Sam Reinhardt enjoying the playoffs before Jack Eichel did. I mean, Sam Hart, Reinhardt's had an unbelievable year. Reinhardt, I, was I a can't imagine game. at one point he ever felt like, "Oh, this is a bad decision." Yeah, no. Like, it, and the thing is, is that I. I yeah, I know it's like for some fans it's going to get old, but like the bragging on Eichel thing, but like trading Reinhardt hurt a lot more for me as a fan than trading Eichel. Well, I think Eichel, you also had like sort of that long term real- realization it's coming. Yes. And you could sort of rationalize in your head, Whereas like, all right, it Renato is. Whereas Renato threw Reinhardt at center. And it looked good. It looked good. Oh, that was a preview. <laughs> we should we like, we didn't expect anything else from that we're like oh what a great idea and then he does it with Tajan everyone goes wait what are you doing I will never forget the and start we, of the season of everyone being like yeah it's a tried out year what's the harm yeah but still some people were like what are you doing and we all immediately forgot that Reinhardt played the most center in his NHL career under Granado and, and it worked that was a preview of what's to come thanks so excited to see what he's going to do with like some of these young guys like Paterka yes. and Quinn, and or just a full season with Krebs. Yes, and not to mention a full season with Tuck. You have a full season, uh, like an off season with Power. There's so much that you can look at with this Sabres team and and have hope abound. Like the goaltending, we talked about that in the last segment. How there are some plenty of good stopgap options for you for one Devin Levi who throws out a comment like he wants to be targeted as one of the best goaltenders in the country and he wants that target on his back and then you go ahead and you look at 
hey, they also have Eric Pertillo, and it might become a race between the two of them of, hey, whichever one of you gets here first is going to get the first look. So That's a little stressful. It's a little stressful, but also at the same time, both of them going back to school is also maturity saying, hey, I don't want to have I don't want to do this just because it's, an, it's a situation to take advantage of. No. Instead, it is about knowing when you're ready. And if both guys have situations where they think they're not there yet, that speaks volumes on the maturity of your prospect pool. Cuz these are kids. They're 19, 20, making these life-altering decisions. Career projecting decisions that can make or break what you do. It is so fun to look at a team that the prospect pool is back and you also have players that are starting to graduate into the main roster and you know that they have more. You have three first-round picks, which either you use all of them, I'm cool with it, or you weaponize one of them to trade for another player, I'm cool with it. You have players that are not going to even make the roster safely that are still in your system, like Ryan Johnson. And you can go ahead and deal that. And it's a valuable chip. Anthony Scandra answered that pretty well. It was a tough question to ask him. But what do you do about that? You have a player who realizes he's not making it based on how deep the left side of their roster is. And you understand it. And it's not just that it's deep. It's also young. It's almost as young as you are. Crap. Like, if I'm Ryan Johnson, like, that's exactly the decision I have to make. Like, looking at it, it goes, oh, okay, you know, like, they have Darlene. I'm not going to obviously be on that part of it. Oh, they won the lottery. They got Owen Power, too. Oh, Matias Samuelson developed into a, into a stud left D. Now what do I do? Oh, wait. They also have Jacob Bryson in there as the, as the sixth, who's also a left-handed shot. Crap. So that decision for him, personally, like it makes a lot of sense going back to your senior year, seeing what you can leverage with the team that you know you're not going to make it on there. Not right away. Or at least you don't feel as comfortable. Because two of those left-handed shots are number one picks that just ooze talent on a nightly basis. We go back to the phones. We go to Marcos in Buffalo. Marcos, you're on Sports Talk Saturday. What's going on? Derek Kramer, my man. <laughs> What's going on? Hey, listen, you know what? I, first of all, let me say, you and Zach are doing a phenomenal job. Love your show. Thank right? you. Thank doing you. Doing a fantastic job. But let me tell you something, man. I love you. I think you're one of the smartest minds, in, you know, when it comes to sports. Me? All around in this entire city. But what you're not going to do, what you're not going to do is go on the airwaves of Buffalo, New York, right oh, now no. on WGR 550. Oh, no. <laughs> and talk smack about my capitals on the radio. You oh. Know, you know, you don't talk about this. You're not going to do this <laughs> on the airwaves of Buffalo radio talking about, oh, surprise, Florida. Oh, no surprise, Florida. One, up one. Up. Hey, listen, I thought we were done and this years ago after we raised the cup. Everybody was always playing on our damn fall, talking smack, running their mouths, and we showed them what's up. Yeah, we've had, okay, we've been disappointed the past few years. We're going to be fine, okay? We are going to be just fine. Oh, man, it's 2 nothing. I'm on Buffalo Airwaves and, and talk that smack talk about my team right now, all right? We, we ain't going to do that. I love you. I'll listen to you all the time. I, 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 I swear to God, 
Love your best friend ever. <laughs> not going to do that, though, on, on Buffalo Airways talking smack about my club, though, all right? Hang on, we, hang on. We just ain't going to do that. It, it could be worse, Marcos. I could be doing it on Washington Airways. By the way, I was just messing with you. It's not 2 nothing, but uh, it, by the end of your – by the end of your call, it very well could have been. Uh, but, um, no, like, honestly, it was good for them that they got that cup because I love Alex Ovechkin chasing the goals record. Yeah, like, now there's no, there's not this, like, built-up pressure of, well, you still can't win a cup. You, you still can't do it. You yeah. still falter in the playoffs. And also, like, that's one of like, the last times I think I'm going to feel where it's, like, really, really happy for a player that's not <laughs> of one of my teams winning a championship. The guy, and, and the other part of it is, is that the guy exudes so much joy every time he scores a goal. Well, it's that, and it's like the stuff he does, like at the bench where he, what he drinks like a coke, or it's like in his water bottle is a coke. Which, by the way, as a former college athlete, absolutely. Who drinks water? I put iced tea in my water bottle, lemonade. I was I was a college athlete. It's what you do. I guess no one drinks water. Sure, unless it's like ninety five degrees out and you're outside, which I was, and I was in a pool, but. That's how you do it. If you're like an elite athlete, you're fine. Yeah, that's that's a good point. But although, just never have coffee. I I swam oh, with somebody no. that put like hot coffee in their water bottle, and that's what they would drink oh, at God. six in the morning. And I'm like, I think you have an issue that you need to talk to somebody about. <laughs> but no, I think though that again, there's so much to talk about with uh, with this Sabres team of where they are prospects wise, hope wise, and then you look at a guy that. Played a couple of games this year with the Sabres. Having a star moment with Rochester. Brett Murray closing out the series in the first round for the Calder Cup playoffs. The Amherst's first playoff series win since 2005. If you had to pick right now, put money on it, who is the current young Sabres player that you think could take the next jump? Not necessarily a Tage Thompson jump. That was ridiculous. I'm just saying, like, who's the next guy you think... Okay, now he's a staple. Now he now, like I mean, we the, have the player. The easy answer might be Dylan Cousins because the guy did do all the right things this past year and it just didn't work out as well for him on the score sheet and he was still a half a point a game. I do think that that one's pretty obvious. But I might even say Rasmus Asplund because the guy has been a defensive linchpin for you. And then he stabilizes some of your more volatile players with Casey Middlestad having a rough season and a rough go of it. Victor Olofsson being a defensive issue and liability sometimes, but he goes ahead and he stabilizes that for you. But if he's playing with players like that, sometimes points tend to follow. Olofsson with eight goals, 19 assists this season in 80 games. So that doesn't look very impressive, of course, but... If your third line can contribute offensively, that's a big deal. And if it can contribute as regularly as the Sabres are looking at building this roster, that means Asplund's going to have a say in it. We got one more segment. It'll be a fun one as we get Brian Koziel joining us from Batavia Downs. Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, we're hanging out with you for another 15 here on WGR.
here of Sports Talk Saturday. And for those that don't know, I love this bump so much. It's a, it's it's an old video game bump from Sonic Adventure for the Sega Dreamcast. It's the Knuckles theme. And with Sonic 2 obviously being out in theaters, my dorky ass knows that that was just something that I needed to bring back. And Josh was just happy to oblige as he just took the board from Zach. So, thank you to everyone that has joined me today. Uh, We had Greg Thompson kicking off the show in the first hour. And Brian Duff joining right after that. Anthony Scandra of Expected Buffalo joining me at 12 o'clock. All those segments can be found on demand at our website at WGR550.com and on the Odyssey app. And now, though... Live from Batavia Downs. I don't know if he's on yet here. Do we have Brian? Oh, no. He's just... <laughs> but he will be live from the Batavia Downs. Brian Cozy will be. And we're just going to be able to lob this up to him as we get closed up here on a Sports Talk Saturday. On a fine day. Hoodie and shorts weather. Perfect kind of day. A little breezy. But, hey, this is what you like. This is the stuff that your weather should be made of. And yes, spring sometimes is the absolute worst. It w- it wages war on your nostrils. Uh, but hey, you know what? You take the days like this too. Thank you to everyone that had joined us. And it was fun to be able to talk about the Sabres a lot. Last week, obviously, with the draft, we didn't get a chance to really close out their season. And now, we had a chance to. We had a chance to really talk about them, what's next for this team and what we can see them targeting in the free agency going forward. It's going to be cool to see this offseason with hope abound. And real growth and development being the next step. We, I'm not even sure we're asking for a playoff team next year. I would love it, but considering what the Atlantic Division is built like right now, and how unprecedented the playoff field was this year, like the eight teams were locked by December. You have to look for one of them to fall. And I don't know where you can predict that. And the Sabres have to make that meteoric rise at the same time. But you do want to see, hey, maybe we can get to like in the 80s for points next season. Maybe we can get ourselves to what is called an NHL above 500. But it's going to be damn fun to watch this offseason in a different scope. Because now there's hope. Now there is something that we can actually look at and go, there's something here. They have a bunch of cap that they can use to bring in pretty much anyone they want this offseason. And there would be no problems, no qualms with it. Because there would be no cap ramifications. That's going to be cool to do too, is look at what they do, how they use that money, and where they can go with it. Who knows what's next? But you know what? I might want to tease that question to the person that's coming up next after me. Brian Koziel is down at Batavia Downs. Brian, it's good Hi, Derek. How are you? Not bad, man. How about yourself? We're great. We're getting uh, set up here inside 34 Rush for our Kentucky Derby show. We're super pumped to be back after being out for the last two years uh, for obvious reasons. But uh, it's Derby Day, the first Saturday in May. My good buddy Ryan Hasenauer from Batavia Downs is here wearing an exciting outfit, which I'm going to tweet out here in a moment. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, we're ready to go. We're going to get you ready to uh, for people that want to bet on the Derby and, and, tell, and tell them what to do. 
And hey, you know what? It's a good thing that you can do it instead of me because uh, I'm not going to be able to offer a lick of information. Ryan's going to have to make sure to help out the good people out there looking to uh, looking to put the money down this year. And that's why he's here, for sure. <laughs> yes. I, I provide what I would say uh, comedic relief in between, but Ryan's the real expert on the horses. So, yes, that's why he'll be joining me throughout the show. And, Brian, I wanted to bring you in here because uh, a lot of the day today has been more of the thematic thing of closing out the Sabres season. And for once in a decent long while, we're ending a Sabres season on some real trails of hope. And you have been working these pregames and postgames for a long time now, and this has got to be one of the more optimistic seasons or end of seasons that you've been here covering the team. Oh, for sure. I think that uh, most of the time when you get to the last month or so of the season over this last decade, it's been pretty much get me to the finish line. And uh, this year really, really felt different. It was disappointing that there actually wasn't more to go. I think I had the same feeling as the players that – I really enjoyed watching them. I knew where they were in the standings. The fact that these games didn't mean anything in the standings and I had such interest in it, I think, really shows the difference. I would say probably since the tank year, this will be the most excited I am offseason going into next season. We, of course, had the anticipation of getting either McDavid or Eichel and knowing that one of them was guaranteed to come to the Sabres after that tank season. But since then, uh, I got to think this is maybe the most that I'll be anticipating the upcoming season since then. And not to mention, I mean, the clear stark difference being one of those products was uh, booty cheeks and the other is now a, a team with hope and promise that can be a danger to the over at any time that they're there for better or for worse for the club. Yeah, and I think that when you think that the the other pieces have fallen into place nicely, uh, we've obviously over the last decade debated, do they have the right coach? Do they have the right GM? Well, it looks like they definitely seem to have those two on the same page working together, and maybe they do have the right head coach and the right GM. There, I wouldn't have anything at the moment to argue against that. So uh, I think those two gentlemen, fans are willing to give you know maybe some time to show that, hey, I, this, this organization is maybe heading in the right direction. Uh, it has obviously been in a spiral going the wrong way for quite a while. So having those two pieces there in Kevin Adams and Don Granato, I think, really helps. And when you have a team that's young and motivated to get better and say the things that they're saying and do the things they're doing against quality opponents here over the last two months, I think that's what's really exciting. They obviously went on a more consistent run. It wasn't just two good weeks. It wasn't just a good month. It was a good two months. And... If they play like they did in March and April over the course of a six-month season, well, then they'll be in the playoffs next year, which sounds pretty exciting. The East is super tough. I mean, the last team in still had triple digits and points in Washington, so someone's going to have to fall back. Usually someone does, but the Sabres still have work to do, and Kevin Adams is the first to say that, that they still have a lot to go with. And uh, obviously, you know, as you talked about a little today, and we'll talk a little bit about more, uh, there are things to do still front and center that – can be done to, I think, improve the club that can be done over one offseason. So uh, I think that Kevin Adams' job will be exciting and interesting for us to watch what he does. Yeah, and it's going to be a very interesting way that they go about this with oodles of cap space and all these prospects that still aren't even here yet. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see what they can use, what they can flip, and uh, how much money they're going to be throwing down in this free agency would be an interesting thing to look at here as well. And that's what I think fans have to be intrigued about in the offseason and also the interest of well we know that 
it's been an easy punchline for fans to go after the Pagulas in terms of maybe, you know, do they, do, do they truly want to invest in the Sabres to make them a contender? Well, here's your offseason to see if they're really willing to spend some money. Throwing boatloads of money on the first day of free agency doesn't mean success, and that's not what I'm sitting here saying, but are they truly interested in investing in this franchise in many facets, including spending some money to make some upgrades with their team, especially at goalie, a position that maybe I wouldn't necessarily have always argued to spend money on, but with an upgrade there and maybe a serious upgrade, I think this team can definitely take that big point total that was probably, tw- you know, that was 20 plus points in the standings between them and the last playoff team. And I think they can cut it to single digits just right there with having a very, very good goaltender. And hey, we'll see what they're able to do. Brian, I look forward to hearing more from you down at Batavia Downs. Look forward to hearing from Ryan. And we'll hear from you in just a little bit. Sounds great. Thanks, guys. Brian Cozy live at Batavia Downs. You'll hear him next as, uh, oh, no, it's 2 o'clock on the dot. Uh, so guess what? I'm out of here. Thank you, Zach Jones, for producing. Thank you to Greg Thompson at Cover 1. Thank you to Brian Duff, he of the Instigators and, of course, Sabres television host. And, of course, thank you to Anthony Scandra of Expected Buffalo jumping on and joining me here today as well. And thank you to you, everyone listening, Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, Josh Smith. This has been Sports Talk Saturday. Brian Cozill next. You're listening to more of WGR. I met a guy recently who told me that he spends roughly $250,000 a month. I talked to another person recently who made $50 million at the age of 30. What do you do with that money? How do you spend it? How do you not spend it? What do you invest in? If you meet a rich person, these are questions everyone wants to know, but you're too embarrassed to ask. That's the whole premise of MoneyWise. We talk to real people who have made a significant amount of money, and we ask them all about their finances. My name's Sam Parr, and the podcast is called MoneyWise. That's one word, MoneyWise. You can find MoneyWise wherever you get your podcasts.